Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. My name is Jay Zawoski. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hawks lose 4-0 to the St. Louis Blues on Monday night. And wow, all of a sudden, things are feeling pretty bad for the Blackhawks and their fans. Want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast first and foremost. Usually we do Talk Back Tuesday on Tuesday. That makes sense. We moved it to Wednesday of this week, so it will be tomorrow. Still time to get questions in. LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. That voicemail number is 708-653-0572. Or you can send us a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks. On Twitter, you can follow my personal account at jayzawaski670. And my other Blackhawks podcast, I have a partner, James Naveau. We are at Madhouse Pod. We did a live podcast last night, Monday night, from the Barrel Club in Oakland. That podcast is out now. So when you're done with Lockdown, you can listen to what James and I had to say. We got big picture on the future of the Blackhawks uh, after spending a little bit of time on this loss. So, okay, let's get right into it. Hawks lose 4 nothing to the Blues. They're playing without Duncan Keith, without Dylan Strom, without Andrew Shaw, Robin Leonard, has the flu, so Kevin Lankinen is called up in an emergency situation. And the Hawks play this game a man short because of their cap situation. With all the players they have injured, they can't bring up another player. So the Hawks played with 11 forwards and 6 defensemen. Now, I stop short of calling it poor cap management because it's hard to predict that all of these higher salary guys would be hurt at the same time. And typically when that's the situation, you can take a guy and put him on IR, but it looks like Duncan Keith and Andrew Shaw will be back sooner than later. And they didn't want to put an IR, they didn't want to use an IR move on either of those guys. So they just sort of had to swallow hard and play shorthanded tonight. And boy, it showed early on, uh, you know, the Hawks got down two nothing early in the first period. The first goal is a weird dump in that sort of knuckles out in front of Corey Crawford. He can't contain it, and the puck's behind him. Then Patrick Kane takes a penalty that really wasn't a penalty. He just sort of fell down, and uh, the player tripped over his stick. The Blues go and score on the power play, you know, 20 seconds later, and it's 2 0. And the shorthanded Hawks, again, are chasing a lead. And trying to get back in the game. And playing with limited players, some guys are having a tough time scoring, like Alex Dabrinkit, who's now not scored in 12 straight games. And it's too much to overcome. And look, we're going to get into the numbers in a little bit here, but they didn't play poorly. They started bad, and they got better as the game went on, which has been a theme all season but I've used the term a lot on this podcast, moral victories. Moral victories don't give you points. And we can say night after night, well, you know, they came up short, but they, they really didn't play that bad when you look at the numbers. Screw that. It's too late. And the Blackhawks are getting to the point now where a week ago, we're feeling good about their situation, right? We're looking at the standings. They're within striking distance of a playoff spot. All of a sudden, They lose three games in a row, and six of their last ten, and they're one point 
from the basement of the Western Conference. The LA Kings are one point behind the Chicago Blackhawks at this point. Now, the optimist would say, yeah, but they're only six points out of the final wildcard spot, which is true. However, they have to leapfrog Anaheim, Minnesota, Nashville, Calgary, Vancouver, and San Jose to get to that bottom wildcard spot. Did the hot streak already happen? That's the concern. Was that what happened in November from Vancouver on? That nice little streak the Hawks had, was that it? Do they have another one in them? And it's really hard to evaluate what's happening with so many key players injured. And I know excuses aren't bad, right? We don't want to make excuses. We don't want to let these guys off the hook. And look, trust me, coming up in the pluses and minus segment, I'm going to tee some guys up who deserve it. But it's a reality. You're literally playing a man short. Your best all-around defenseman, Duncan Keith, is out. Andrew Shaw, who has you know, been probably a bit of a disappointment this year, but is still a top-nine NHL winger. And Dylan Strome, your number two center, has been out. You've got all these guys playing in roles they're not suited to play in, like Ryan Carpenter centering the second line. And it's just a bad formula. And I don't know where the Blackhawks can go from here to improve it. Do they call up Adam Boquist for a shot in the arm? Maybe, but how much can you really expect him to do? Even if Adam Boquist maxes out and becomes a Hall of Fame defenseman like Duncan Keith is going to do. Don't forget, Duncan Keith's first few seasons in the NHL were not good. He was not the kind of guy who could carry a team or reinvigorate a team to jump them to playoff contention. Defensemen take a lot of time to develop. And yeah, Bogus has a lot of talent. A lot of talent. And he's probably more NHL ready now than Duncan Keith was when he debuted. But at the same time, it's not going to be an overnight thing. Look at Kirby Doc. We're all very happy that Kirby Doc is playing for the Blackhawks this year. We're happy he's on the roster. We're happy he's getting playing time. But you see, most nights it's a struggle for Kirby Doc. He's learning on the job. He's developing on the job. He's 6'5". Adam Boquist is not 6'5". So as much as I want to see him here and as much as I think he should be here, even if he does come up, he's not going to inject a whole bunch of life into the Blackhawks. Yeah, he might help the power play. No doubt. That's certainly a factor. And he brings some speed to the team that they sorely lack. And again, I'm all for him being here. But to think that he's going to be the magic thing that's going to come and save the season, it's unlikely. And I don't really know what that move is. This just might be who the Blackhawks are. It's going to be win-win, loss-loss, win-win, win-win, loss-loss, loss-loss. That's how the season's going to go. That's just the kind of team they are. And it's frustrating and there's not a, a very clear way out. It's too early, December 3rd, to say rebuild, trade the veterans. And when I say veterans, I'm sure they'd love to move Brent Seabrook, but it's impossible. But maybe, just maybe, you start considering, what can we get for Ole Mata? What can we get for Calvin DeHaan? If the Hawks fall way out of this thing, I'm not saying to do it yet, but if they go through another week, week and a half, 
where they win two of their next seven or something like that, some really difficult questions need to be answered by Sam Bowman and the Blackhawks. It is Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is time to go over the pluses and minuses of the Blackhawks' 4 nothing loss to the St. Louis Blues. Let's start with the pluses. First plus of the game goes to Patrick Kane, who despite losing his scoring streak, had a phenomenal game, 24-30 of ice time, six shots on goal, seven more shot attempts he was a factor uh from start to finish and you knew with the Hawks playing a man short that his ice time was going to be way way up there Patrick Kane had a, another solid game another solid performance can't be unhappy with the performance of Patrick Kane next plus goes to Brandon Saad who from game one to yesterday's game has been maybe the most consistent Blackhawk Yeah, Patrick Kane is their most valuable player. Robin Leonard has an argument there, too. But as far as night after night, consistent performance, Brandon Saad has been there and has answered the call every night. He's working his ass off every shift. And yeah, he's having some trouble putting the puck in the back of the net. And yeah, it's true that Brandon Saad hasn't really changed much from the player he was when he came into the league. He hasn't really made that next step jump in his career where I think a lot of us thought he was going to be the next Marion Hosa. He's just sort of remained Brandon Saad, which is fine. Really good player. No problem with that. But he makes a lot of money and you'd like him to score more. But the effort has been there from Brandon Saad every single night. He has been one of the most effective Blackhawks on the roster. Absolutely no doubt about it. Third plus goes to Corey Crawford. Tough start. I have trouble blaming him for the first goal. Um, You know, that one just sort of farted out from behind the net. A weird knuckle puck on a dump in. Came out right in front of him. And uh, Mackenzie McKecker, maybe my new favorite name in the National Hockey League, by the way, puts the puck behind him. Then Jaden Schwartz scores on a power play deflection. Shen scores, Bozak scores on a goal that was, uh, it's it's marked as unassisted, but it was in one, basically a one-timer set up by Blackhawks defenseman Oli Mata. So can't put a bunch of this game on Corey Crawford. I thought he played pretty well. And did you notice that after the first period, he went back to his old pads? Something to keep an eye on. He went from the Bauer to the CCM pads uh, in the intermission. So I wonder if something's up with those new pads. Who knows? Something to keep an eye on. Now let's get to the minuses first minus of the game for me goes to Jonathan Taves and this is more of a cumulative minus than a minus about this game in particular Taves played 20 minutes 56 seconds minus one took a penalty no big deal three shots on goal that's fine another shot attempt missed it's just that Jonathan Taves makes ten and a half million dollars And I'll never be one to question his work ethic. He is one of the hardest working dudes in the National Hockey League. But just like we talk about moral victories, not getting you points in the standings, hard work doesn't justify a $10.5 million contract. 
Jonathan Taves has to be better. He should be one of those guys when things are not going well for the Blackhawks. They can look to him and say, we need you to carry us through this game or through this week or through this month. He should be capable of that. And I look to a guy who he's been compared to a lot during his career, Anze Kopitar from the LA Kings. And the LA Kings are having a bad season like the Blackhawks. Kopitar has 27 points in 27 games. He's got 10 goals. He's a factor for the Kings, even though they're not a great team, right? He's still performing. He's still coming through. Jonathan Taves, in 26 games, has 14 points. He has four goals in 26 games. That's not good enough. He has to be better. Jonathan Taves needs to be a factor every night. And look, there's going to be games where he's not scoring. There's no doubt about that. I understand that. But this is not enough. For $10.5 million, Jonathan Taves needs to be one of the best players on the ice every night. And he hasn't been that all season. My next minus goes to Alex Dabrinkit, who has not scored a goal in 12 games. And look, I, I don't want to be overly negative on this podcast. I know that losing streaks can do that. But again, Dabrinkit, who just signed a deal this summer, that's going to pay him upwards of $6 million. Two shots on goal in 21-41 of ice time. It's not good enough. These players are capable of more. So the question becomes, what do you do from here, right? What has to change? The only thing they can really consider changing is the head coach. And now... There's a situation with Mark Crawford, which I guess we'll call a minus of the game because you kind of have to. Sean Avery comes out this weekend, says Mark Crawford kicked him during their time in Colorado. Today, the Blackhawks release a statement about Mark Crawford, and he's not on the bench today. Here's what the Blackhawks had to say. The Chicago Blackhawks will be conducting a thorough review of assistant coach Mark Crawford based on the recent allegations that have been made regarding his conduct with another organization. Mark Crawford will be away from the team during this time, and the organization will have no further comment until completion of the review. Whether or not Mark Crawford deserves to be fired, whether or not this actually happened, all this does, best case scenario, best case scenario, Sean Avery says, just kidding, never happened. I just thought it'd be funny to stir up some controversy about my old coach just busting some chops which is not going to happen but we'll say best case scenario now you've done this which by the way is the right thing for the Blackhawks to do I'm not they should absolutely take him away from the team until they figure out exactly what happened and to what extent I think they've handled this very very well but now if you want to fire Colleton you can't because you've got the interim head coach, most likely, and Mark Crawford, now away from the team because of an incident that happened back in Colorado. And again, 
This is what the Hawks should be doing in this situation. I have no problem with it. But now, here they are. If they want to make a move at head coach and they think Crawford might be the guy for the interim job, now they can't do that. And maybe they can't do it at all because of this. It's just a mess. They should have fired him a month ago. Things are not looking great. But look, they play again Thursday and Friday. Maybe they'll have some success against the Bruins and Devils, and we'll start to feel good about things again. Time to go down the number line here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jay Zawoski. Give the show a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Send an email, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. And, of course, voicemail, 708-653-0572. Messages have been rolling in for Wednesday's edition of Talk Back Tuesday. Get the men want to have a lot of voicemails. I issued the challenge last week, and it worked, so I'm going to challenge you again. Send some good voicemails into the show. We want your voice on Lockdown Blackhawks. Again, 708-653-0572 or email a voice memo to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. The Hawks lose 4-0 to the St. Louis Blues, but once again, this has been a trend lately, they won the possession battle. The Hawks had 54 shot attempts. The Avalanche had 45 this is obviously an even strength. That's a 54.55% advantage for the Blackhawks. High danger scoring chances, 11 to 9. Did I say Avalanche? 11 to 9 in favor of the Blues. So the Hawks uh, close in high danger chances, but the Blues had a too high danger chance advantage. When we look at some of the players overall in this game, relative Corsi, the leader, take a guess. Think back to the game against the Blues last night. Who do you think had the best game in Corsi rating? He had a 73.08% Corsi rating. That man is Kirby Dock. 19 shot attempts for, 7 shot attempts against. When you look at the Fenwick, even higher. 73.91, 17 Fenwick for, 6 against. Connor Murphy, second on the team, 65.71. Brandon Saad, 61.11. Kelvin DeHaan at 60%. Then we go down the line. Mata, Kane, Taves, Vadine, Debrinkit, Seabrook, Nylander, Carpenter, all over 50%. Carpenter was 52.63. Bringing up the rear for the Blackhawks, Zach Smith, 26.32. Dominic Kubelik, 39.13. And Slater Cuckoo, 40.74. So again, the Hawks... Didn't play a bad game. They really didn't. They hit a couple posts. They had a couple close scoring chances that didn't go in. But they've got to get points. And maybe my anger level after this game is not what it should be for the performance they had. But it's just aggravating. to just For them to be in the situation they're in is extremely frustrating. They showed us against Dallas. They're capable of playing good structural hockey within their within their skill level. They can do it. They're capable of it. It's just infuriating to watch. They get down to nothing. The first goal's fluky. The second goal's on a BS penalty. 
and here we go again, right? They just need their star players to do more. Patrick Kane can't do it all. Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford can't do it all. These guys need some help. They need some assistance. And like I said, Brandon Saad's been really, really good this year. There's no doubt about that. He's been a big part of the things that have gone well for the Blackhawks this season. But these guys can't do it alone. Debrinkit, Taves, Nylander, all these guys who are here to provide offense, you got to be better. You've got to be more of a factor than you've been over the last handful of games. All right. The game's over. It was last night. Let's put it behind us. Let's look forward with positivity and optimism and hope that the Boston Bruins and New Jersey Devils games go in the Hawks' favor. Maybe they can take three of those four. Maybe they could take all four. But they need to get points in these games. If they keep falling behind, it's going to be really bad. And they've got a tough stretch coming up here. Boston's good. New Jersey sucks. Arizona's always tough. Vegas is tough. Arizona again. St. Louis again. Minnesota, who's been hot lately. Colorado again. Then it's Winnipeg. Then it's Colorado. They've got to start picking up some points. And they've got some winnable games coming up, but they've got to win some of these games they're not expected to win. If they can do that, the conversation changes a little bit, but we got to wait and see. And look, some people say like, oh, losing is good for your podcast. It's not. I can see the top-rated episodes that we've done out here on Lockdown Blackhawks. All of them are after wins. Each and every one of them, the highest-rated podcasts come after the Hawks win. So I need them to win for the good of my career. <laughs> you need them to win because you're a Hawks fan like me. Just I'm frustrated. It's hard to not be emotional after every game. And, it, you know, you got to try to stay level-headed. But after a 12-5 to combined score over the weekend and a 4 nothing loss at home, again, all those qualifiers, well, you know, fluky goals, bad penalties, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's true. Guys are hurt, etc. It's still another game against a divisional rival where zero points were picked up. They've got to find a way to win some games here. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. I promise we'll be more positive and have more fun on Wednesday's show. Don't forget, it is Talk Back Tuesday on a Wednesday this week, 708-653-0572. Get those voicemails in. I want to hear your voice. You sound great. You sound so good when you call. Want to leave a voice memo? That works too. Record it on your phone and email it to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Or you can just send a traditional email that way. You want to send me a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks or my personal account at jzawoski 670 But truth be told, I don't see those questions quite as often and quite as clearly as I see the email. So I prefer email, prefer voicemail, if it's all the same to you. With that, talk to you Wednesday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.